This is it. The semifinals are set. We are down now to our final four. But only one can be crowned champion. Only two are going to go to the finals. Somebody's got to go home. They are all now just one step away from the biggest night of their careers. This has been quite the journey. It's going to get bigger than it's already been. The last episode before the live finale of the May Young Classic. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Right here, right now. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! about to go over the remaining four episodes of the May Young Classic. So let me say right off the bat, if you have not had the opportunity to watch the May Young Classic in full as of yet, and you are not wanting any spoilers, uh, this is a review and it will have spoilers in it. We're going to be talking about who won and who lost and uh, all of that stuff. So if you're, if you're sensitive to that, if you don't want to hear it, if you, if you want to be surprised, and you haven't gotten around to it yet, you may want to uh, take the time to listen to this after you have uh, watched the videos on your own. Uh, also, if you had the uh, your prediction sheets, your brackets out, uh, you may want to go along with this with me. because, Or if you remember looking at mines that is listed on our Facebook page, go to uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network. On Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word. And uh, you can go and you can check all these predictions and know that this is not something that I'm saying or making up on the spot. So uh, you can check it out there. Also, I, I did uh, put it up on our Instagram, which is WPN Wrestling. Uh, same as our Twitter, WPN Wrestling. So you'll be able to follow along with all predictions that were put out. As far as uh, these the rounds are concerned, if you're listening to this and you probably heard the uh, first round review and throughout uh, 16 matches, we had 32 girls, 16 matches. Throughout those matches, I got one wrong and I, I was I was really on fire there. One one wrong out of the entire first round. And that was the uh, Sage Beckett, Bianca Belair match. I was really shocked, uh, but pleasantly surprised that uh, Bianca Belair went over to the second round. So uh, as it relates to that, what I will be doing if I got something wrong, such as that match, I will still go with the winner that I picked originally, uh, provided that there is a winner or there is a pick that is involved. So in this particular case, uh, using the example of the Sage Beckett-Bianca Belair match, uh, what I chose in the second round bracket that 
Beckett and Belair were in is that Beckett was going to go, but she was going to go against uh, Kyrie Sane. But since Beckett did not go and it's Belair, and I originally picked Sane to win, I will still go with the original pick. I will go with Sane, and that will apply to anything that I got wrong. If there is someone that won from my original pick, then I will stick with the original pick. Uh, if I come across a situation where I got both brackets wrong and I have no original picks, then I will pick one now. I will choose for, on the spot for um, whomever it is uh, that went in to the next round. So uh, that said, uh, last thing before we go off into the, the bulk of the review, uh, if you have not subscribed to the various platforms, uh, please do, all of which are free. Everything is free here, so it's not going to hurt you in the least. Not going to, not going to touch your pockets here. I mean, the only time we ask for that is when we ask for your support, and that is perfectly uh, on your your time and your dime. So you do that as you please, and and we thank you and, and everybody that has done it so far. Uh, that has been really been helpful to uh, keep this thing kind of moving forward. So uh, <clears throat> if you haven't done it. Women's Pro Wrestling Network on Facebook. Like I said, facebook.com forward slash Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word. Same thing with YouTube. Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word. You'll find it uh, very easily that way. It'll come right up uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, WPN Wrestling. And you can also go to WPNWrestling.com for uh, the, the website, which is where all of the things go. So we will... Uh, uh, in fact, now that I'm I'm sitting here talking about it, there there's some things that I have to upload uh, to get things back up to speed there, so that you can continue to enjoy that. So here we go. We're going to start, and we're going to go in order. This is the uh, second round of the May Young Classic, which I, I found to be uh, fairly entertaining. Um, keep in mind that this did not have the, necessarily the pacing of the uh, cruiserweight classic or anything like that because that was high flying, you know, for the most part and kind of fast action. But it was good, solid wrestling. Make no mistake about it. It was good and entertaining. And I thought the WWE did a, a just a fine job of at least establishing who is what per round because a lot of these matches were cold matches. You, you know, a lot of uh, some of these girls are international. You may not have been as familiar with them. Uh, or know their background or know what they do or who they're about. But the WWE took care of that through a lot of uh, backstage vignettes and interviews and so on and so forth. Uh, I have to reiterate, it is, it is everything that I said that they were going to do when, they, the, when the tournament was originally announced. I said they are going to blow the knockouts, knockdown out of the water just in the way that they present it. I mean, forget all the buildup and all that stuff like that, but just in the way that they presented, they kept everything moving. It didn't feel like it slowed down. And that has always been a huge criticism of mine as related to the Knockouts Knockdown, taking 20 to 25 minutes just to do introductions before you begin to have a match. Like, come on, man, this is taking so long. And uh, you don't you don't get that at all here. You, you got uh, an intro. You, you probably got a promo piece saying what they were sponsored by, of course, the, the normal WWE rigmarole. But then they went right off into the matches. I mean, they, they introduced you to the to the players of the match, and then they went right off into it. So you can't really go wrong with that. Speaking of the going wrong and uh, the second round, 
the first match that came up was the first match I got wrong, and I I was shocked <laughs> that that I got this wrong. But uh, the 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 first match that they aired was Abby Lath versus Rachel Evers, and I I had Rachel Evers going over in this match, but apparently that was not the case, and I can see why because Abby Lath, formerly known as Kimberly, uh, has a little bit of a homage to Mae Young, so I guess that that kind of pushed her forward a, a bit more. I mean, she used the alligator clutch to get the win over Jazzy Gabbard, who was uh, formerly the alpha female, and uh, if she can hold her down, who is a big, big, powerful woman, she certainly was going to be able to hold down Rachel Evers, who also is a powerful woman. Not quite as big, but she, she is a bronze medal power lifter. So uh, Rachel Evers, uh, some of us know her on the independence as Rachel Ellering, um, she uh, went down, even though she had a really good showing in the match and has showed uh, vast improvement from, from the times that you may have seen on NXT and whatnot. And and I do think that her appearances on NXT are kind of watered down because I know that she's capable of doing more. Uh, but uh, in this particular case, uh, she went down by means of the alligator clutch and Abby Lath. Went on to the uh, semifinals, or I shouldn't say semifinals, the quarterfinals. Excuse me. So, and and there was a match that was kind of portrayed as a kind of face versus face, which for the most part is what has happened here. It was almost as if uh, we'll call it Ring of Honor rules because Ring of Honor is basically the first promotion that I've ever seen kind of institute the idea that hey. Shake hands before the match. You know, this this isn't anything personal. Y'all are just having a wrestling match and, you know, a kind of shake hands or, uh, or you know, do, do something at the end to basically know that you're not pissed off at each other. And that and that's more or less what they did throughout this whole thing. They shook hands at the beginning, hugged at the end, and they showed good sportsmanship. They showed good sportsmanship from start to finish, with the exception of one or two, and I'm sure I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Piper Niven, the former Viper, or otherwise known as Viper, defeated Serena Deeb, which I was, that was a shock for me. I picked Deeb to at least go into the quarterfinals just based on her being the sentimental favorite or at least what they played up to be the sentimental favorite. Now, I disagreed with some people like, oh, yeah, she's the WWE veteran that came back, which she is. Technically, yes, Serena Deeb is the WWE veteran. I just wanted to see a different WWE veteran, like uh, say say like Mickey James, like if they put Mickey James in here, if this was her comeback opposed to uh, uh, her coming against Oscar for the NXT Women's Championship, or or if they had done her going against Oscar for the NXT Women's Championship and then she disappeared and she came back for this tournament, it would have made sense to me because it w- it would have been one of those cases like well yeah I'm the I'm the veteran here I'm thirty something years old I. You know, I haven't been in WWE ring in X amount of years, and this might be my last chance to do it, blah, 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 which is all basically the same thing that they did with Serena Deeb. You know, it, it, you know, she, blew, in her words, gave her career away because of bad decisions, which which is all true. Um, but uh, she, she just wasn't recognizable as the wrestler to me. Now, that didn't hurt my viewing experience of it at all. In fact, I thought they did an outstanding job of telling the story of Serena Deeb to make me care. So I, I am wrong in, in that uh, 
she shouldn't have been the one. She actually, she absolutely should have been the uh, sentimental favorite, and she was, and and they did a really good job with that. But because she was a sentimental favorite, I thought that she would have gone on a little bit longer, and I thought it would have been a, a stronger match. Uh, you know that that kind of thing that Brian Kendrick had. I mean, not to jump off into the Cruiserweight Classic, but when he had his final match and he was struggling to do anything and everything he could. I mean, you and you heard. Uh, Daniel Bryan on the commentary, who blatantly was cheering for his friend. You know, he he wasn't even trying to be unbiased. It was just, it, it was a perfect package. And when he lost to have Dan Bryan come out there, you know, both of these guys in tears and they hugging each other in the ring, like he, you know, he is almost like, hey man, I'm sorry. Uh, we didn't get that moment here. We, we didn't we didn't have that Serena Deep really emotional moment. Uh, you heard. Lita kind of root her on, but it wasn't the same. Uh, but then again, you know, Lita isn't a polished commentator, although neither is Daniel Bryan. But I will say I, I would have liked to have gotten more out of that. But in any case, it was Piper Niven who defeated Serena D with the Piper Driver. They call it the Mishinoku Driver, even though they listed it as the Piper Driver as a finish. So I'm going to go with what they listed. She popped her with the Piper Driver, ended that match, and she moves on to the uh, quarterfinals. Uh, my personal pick, uh, Mercedes Martinez. C goes up against Princessa Suhey, and she won with the Fisherman Buster. She being Martinez, I got that one correct. Uh, Martinez was my pick to go uh, pretty much all the way. Um, so I was really happy with that one, as you, as you may probably have surmised by now. I, I was really proud that Mercedes got into this this tournament and I was so happy that she was continuing on and that she's she's had like really good showings here. I I, I hope that something good, you know, comes comes to her from this. If, if they don't do anything else, just just cut her a really big check. You know, w, WWE you could do that, you know, <laughs> or bring her in for at least one good pay-per-view. I I would love to see that and I'm happy that, that she's uh moving forward. And so that was one that was my pick. I got that one correct. Um the surprise match of episode five and i would tell you that if you get the time make sure you go and watch this match i i will endorse this go watch kari saint versus bianca belair and i will say let's just get to the, the finish right now kari saint wins and she won via the top rope elbow which she is just putting people away with and she is uh let's just say easily the favorite she's probably the number one seed of the tournament, uh, but she she won over Bel Air, but Bel Air again, big big surprise. I mean, let let's take a look at Bianca from start to finish. Technically speaking, this is the third match that she had as related to the uh, May Young Classic. The first being the qualifier. She was one of two girls that actually had to wrestle in the qualifying match. She won her qualifying match and she entered into the tournament. And I I really didn't know that much about her because I think this is her first year. Uh, really wrestling, but she has such athletic ability, and they kept saying that about it, but I didn't see it just yet. But when I saw her and Sage back in round one, uh, she made a believer out of me that she was a, a really talented young lady, and by the time she went into the second round with uh, Belair versus Sane, I, I was convinced, and I really want to see more from Bianca Belair. If if there's anything that can be gained out of losing, I would say Belair got something out of losing. I mean, she she was super aggressive. 
And if you haven't seen her work her hair, because she's got hair like down to her thigh. It, it is so long. And she, she's got it uh, twisted off to where she can use it as a whip. And at some point in this match, she was cracking that hair across Kyrie saying, I mean, and you could hear it in that building. And that those fans were oohing and on. I was oohing and on just sitting there at home because I was like, my God, that sounds like that hurts so bad. I mean, it sounded like a legitimate bull whip coming across that, you know, that girl's skin. And, and um, Bel Air was, you know, just tossing around. I mean, Sane is a pretty small girl to begin with. She's a really good wrestler, but she's a really, you know, a small girl already. And so you knew that Bel Air walked into this thing with the, with the power and the strength advantage because she stood up to Sage Beckett, who was bigger than her, and she basically stood toe-to-toe in terms of strength. So you knew that she was just going to run through uh, Sane. But anyway, getting towards the end of the match, what, what essentially happened is that Bel Air was looking for something, anything to put Zane away, and she did um, – a new move. She broke out a new move out of, well, assumably a new move out of her move set. She goes up to the top rope after dropping uh, Sane and laying her flat. Hits her with a 450 splash that gets the crowd legitimately believing that Belair was going to go forward. But Sane kicks out. She gets that shoulder up, and Bianca Belair is, is totally stunned. She's, like, out of her mind shocked that she was able to do it. And that was where the downfall of Bianca Belair happened because she she got frustrated. She tried to charge over, uh, charge through, saying hit her with a spear, which is essentially what put down uh, uh, Beckett in the first round. Um, but saying gets out of the way, Belair charges the post, and that spelled the the beginning of the end for Bianca Belair. And once Sane got in position for that elbow. That was it. But if you haven't watched that match, I'm going to say go and watch that match. It is good on both ends. It was a it was a surprise showing by uh, Bianca Belair, and I really look forward to seeing her in the future. Uh, episode six, the second round. Oh, okay. And by the way, yes, I, I predicted Sane to go over on Belair, and I predicted Martinez to go over on Princess Princess Suhe. So I got two wrong in that episode to correct that episode. And uh, I can move on. Um, episode six, still the second round. And remember, all second round matches are 20 minutes of time limit. Uh, even though the time limit never really came into play, uh, I always thought that when they had started announcing the time limit, you were going to get somebody that kind of really ran close to the time being over, but that didn't happen. First match, Tony Storm defeats Lacey Evans, the uh, former Ruby Mobs, which I did not um, did not find surprising at all I, I i just didn't see Lacey evans going over on her in fact uh other than the fact that she was kind of an emotional pick i didn't see her much further than the uh second round getting in it which which evans did get there and she did a good job but you know she clearly didn't have the uh experience that tony storm did Storm puts it down with strong zero which is almost like a kryptonite crunch into a neck breaker across the knee and Stone moves forward. Got that one correct. Shanna Baszler, who the WWE has played up as basically the beast of this tournament. Uh, let's just get to what it was. She tapped out Mia Yim right with a surprise rear naked choke. Uh, she caught her out of nowhere, which is what she's you know kind of been doing. And 
the story with Baszler also has been that she hasn't shown any respect to anybody. She she has been the um the the one that has walked in without the honor or without the respect, and it's all business. She's, she's not there to be a friend or anything like that. So every time somebody stuck their hand out to her, she's essentially just walked away. And with Mia Yim, it was no surprise. Now, Mia Yim, up until this point, has given her the toughest fight. Uh, but ultimately, it was a tap-out win for Baszler, and she walks out. I got that one correct. This was a... Um, a prelude to a minor confrontation between horsewomen. As we know, Shayna Baszler's MMA horsewomen were out at ringside supporting her, but also at ringside were the four horsemen of wrestling, that being Bailey and uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Uh, the uh, the boss <laughs> was not available, uh, apparently, so she, she wasn't out there. But they still were representing... Um, uh, out there in the front row, and we know that they were kind of planted on the front row because the second that, that match was over and they went into another match, uh, they, they were nowhere to be found. So it wasn't like they sat through the entire thing. They just disappeared. So there you go. They had their little horseman tees, and, uh, you know, both both groups tossing up the four fingers, you know, we're the four horsemen, no, we're the four horsemen, whatever. Uh, I can only assume that that's the WWE's way of kind of gauging the audience's interest in this confrontation, if they can make it happen. Uh, I do know that uh, apparently Rousey has begun training for wrestling. I think Duke has begun training in wrestling, and, and of course we know Baszler's already in it. So uh, maybe that'll happen. Who knows? Uh, Dakota Kai who took on Rhea Ripley. Kai goes over with the double foot stomp, what we now know as the coup de gras uh, from uh, Finn Balor. But, of course, they don't call it the coup de gras with Dakota Kai. Uh, Rhea Ripley got tied up into the trio woe while uh, Dakota Kai was up on the top rope. And as she sat up, Kai came down, crashing the double foot stomp into her chest. Puts her down, pulls her away from the ropes for the for the pin, and uh, that was it. She got she got the victory, and she moves on to the quarterfinal round. That was also another correct pick by me. Uh, Candice LeRae and Nicole Savoy was the final match of the evening, not uh, the final match of the episode, I should say. I was surprised. I shouldn't say surprised. I was in interested in seeing what would happen if. Nicole Savoy had won because one thing that WWE did is they acknowledged the fact they didn't call them by name, but they acknowledged the trifecta. If you're not aware of the trifecta, the trifecta is Nicole Savoy, Shayna Baszler, and Mercedes Martinez. And they, they acknowledge that these ladies have traveled around uh, the globe together and that they have a little bit of a unit and they've been watching each other's back and all that stuff. So it was, so it was interesting to see all three of them get into the tournament to begin with. But in this particular case, why it was interesting is because Savoy and Baszler were bracketed in the same, uh, they, they were in the same bracket. So if Savoy had won and Baszler had won, they would have been paired off against each other. Now I, I was kind of interested in that. Now the problem there was is that uh, Bezler did go over on Yim, but Savoy did not go over on LeRae. And I, I was, uh, my pick was Candace LeRae. I was just interested to see how that was going to work 
if Savoy had actually done it. But Candice LeRae defeats Nicole Savoy. She did it with Miss LeRae's Wild Ride, which is a neck breaker from the second rope. So anytime you've seen the girls kind of get up there and they start working each other on the on the top rope and getting toward the second, LeRae is looking to hit that wild ride and pop him for the win, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Savoy was trying to institute a superplex, but that got kind of shifted over and changed into Ms. LeRae's wild ride. She hits it, goes to the cover, and she takes the win, advancing to the quarterfinal round. And the quarterfinal round took place in episode seven. Now, you know, each round was starting to minimize and minimize. So all four episodes of that they released last week was all first round stuff. You see five and six were second round. Episode seven was quarter round, which is, you know, again, another four matches. And then you would get down to two matches in uh, uh, episode eight. But we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, so we start with Mercedes Martinez, who took a win over Abby Lath with the Fisherman Buster. Again, is no surprise. Mercedes Martinez was my pick, and I, I had her for going over on Abby, and she did, even though uh, my original pick in the Abby Layeth Evers match was Rachel Evers. But uh, Abby went forth, and Mercedes got her, and uh, I was happy with that. It was a case of Abby tried to go for the alligator clutch again. Mercedes slips through, turns, you know, and gets up to a vertical base. Pops her in the guts, gets in with that fisherman buster, which they did sell as her finish because she had uh, hit a couple of people with it. Leading, Well, this is the second time. So they knew uh, with the, the audience watching now has been educated that uh, this is Mercedes' big move, which she, she has done, and she's used that for a number of years on the independents. So if you're familiar with her on the independents, you already knew that. But, of course, they have to kind of educate the uh, WWE audience. <clears throat> Baszler. Uh, went into the uh, quarterfinals, and she wrestled off against Candice LeRae, as I just said earlier. Had it been the other way around, she would have been going against her um, uh, trifecta teammate. But she had to go through LeRae here to get into the semifinal round, which is what she did. Uh, LeRae got her up to the second rope, as she did with uh, her previous matches against Savoy, and uh, Renee Michelle, and she was attempting to get the wild rod applied to Santa Baszler. Assumably, if she hit it, she would have won the match. Uh, Baszler, on the way down, reverses it and tosses her into a rear naked choke, causing Candice LeRae to tap out. The story here was is that even though she got to tap out off of LeRae, she refused to release the hole. And LeRae's husband is in the front row watching this. And, he, you know, of course, he has to get into the ring and all that. The referees are begging and pleading, telling Shannon to let it go. And she does. Uh, and, and, again, there is no sympathy shown by Baszler. She is just marching through people. And JR and Lita are selling it like, hey, this woman is a beast. She's all a business. She, she is kicking butt and taking names. She doesn't have time for the, you know, the, the pleasantries and all that stuff. So Baszler gets that, and even after the match is over, she kind of walks over to Candice LeRae in the corner with uh, Johnny Gargano kind of kneeling down over his wife, and she gives her a little kick, you know, just just like a little kick on the thigh, just to let her know that, you know, you're nothing to me. And then she walks away. She goes out the ring, and she celebrates again with the um, 
uh, the four horsewomen of the of MMA, and uh, you know they they have continued to support her from start to finish, even though you know you got camera shots of them look looking worried at at times here and there, but uh, ultimately Baszler won and Larray was was eliminated. Baszler goes into the uh, semifinal round, which did create the matchup that I was curious about. It would be Martinez versus Baszler in the semifinals, trifecta teammates facing off against each other, and they did start to plant the seeds of that story, but we'll get to that in episode eight or the episode eight review portion of this. Uh, <clears throat> Tony Storm, who is now in the uh, quarterfinals, took on Piper Niven, which is a nice, fun match that these two ladies had. Uh it, it was it was a really basic wrestling match, but it was a fun match, and it showed the level of respect that these two ladies have for one another, and the showcase that they put forth uh, for going move for move, hole for hole, and whatnot. And it really showed, you know, if you weren't familiar with how good or flexible or you know how much range Piper Niven has as a wrestler, despite her size, uh, this is probably the match for you to watch. So what happens here is Piper at the end of it is, you know, essentially going in for the kill on Tony Storm and laying her out. And at, at the end, she has a laid on the, on the mat, and she is looking at her like, I don't want to do this, but I have to. <laughs> she did a really good job of her facial expressions kind of showing that, that look outside. I, I, I don't want to hurt you, but man, I, I if if I'm gonna go to the next round, I got I got to do it. So she's going, and she walks over her, and she gets ready to go up to the top rope to kind of come down with that Vader bomb type maneuver. If you if you haven't seen that, it's, it's like a you go to the second rope and you leap backwards and you come off of that splash. So she's looking to hit her with full body weight with the splash. But what she doesn't know is that while she's climbing up, Tony Storm gets up to her feet, and she comes up and she locks her in a rear waist lock while she's standing on the second rope and gives her a huge German suplex from the second rope to the mat. And now keep in mind, the story had been that Tony Storm had been trying to apply this German suplex at least two other times in the course of the match, and she hadn't been able to execute it because uh, Piper Niven was just too big, too strong for her to get it off. But once she got off of her feet and she got that rear waist lock applied, it was just all over. And she hit her with that German suplex, would put Piper down. And then you got Tony up to the top rope, off the top rope, with a leg drop right across the chest. One, two, three. And Tony Storm would advance to the semifinal round. And we have a big show of respect between these two ladies. Uh, they're, they're basically in tears with each other. Uh, probably, you know, you know just, just how far they've come just to even be there. And and this is one of those cases of you gotta you have to believe that all of that is legit and they are not out there just putting on a show like, hey, let, let's make it look good, let's cry for the people. No. And I fully believe that these two ladies are were really moved that they had the opportunity to be in front of these fans, in front of the WWE artists. Now now keep in mind, just just as a side note, for all for most of the people that's in this tournament, most of them have wrestled in front of a larger crowd than what they have in front of that full sale crowd. 
I know for a fact that Mercedes has wrestled in front of a larger crowd. I know Mia Yim has wrestled in front of a larger crowd. Marty Bell, so on and so forth. These ladies have wrestled in front of more people, you know, on the independents, depending on the show, than the West in front of that full set crowd. But the difference being is that they haven't had more people see them simultaneously or at any one time on a digital platform as they will ever get on the WWE Network. There lies the difference. So live probably wasn't that big a deal, but in terms of the eyeballs that are on them just around the world, it is the biggest thing that they probably can do. And I can, and I certainly understand how that could be just a moving moment for each of these young ladies. To say nothing of the fact that, you know, it, it is a big sign of approval that it all wasn't for nothing, that they, they have tried, they have traveled, they have you know, sacrifice. They've done everything that they could possibly do uh, to be in the uh, professional wrestling industry and to to have gotten there, whether they continue on with the WWE or not, is a big deal because it's not like that those matches are ever going to go anywhere. It's going to, it's going to remain on the network as long as there is a network. And it is always going to be used as leverage. You know, any time that they, from this point out, go to an independent or they're asked about their work or somebody says, you know, who are you? Where can I find your stuff? They can always point to that May Young Classic. And I just wanted to put that out there. So anyway, now we move on to the last match or the main event of Episode 7. Oh, well, I, I skipped over one important part of the show is that you have your second Four Horsemen tease, which was a stupid tease. I'm just... I'm going to go on record to say that I didn't like this particular tease. The tease that took place within the arena was fine. But here's the other one. You had the four horsewomen of MMA that was standing outside of Full Sail doing an interview on WWE.com. They have it listed as a WWE.com exclusive. And they're in front of the you know the little banner, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, we're here to support you know, our girl, Shayna Baszler, this, that, and the other. And then from off camera walks up Bailey and walks up Charlotte and walks up Becky Lynch again. The boss is not in tow. There is no Sasha Banks to be found within this uh, uh, confrontation. But it's okay because it's, it's three horsewomen of MMA and there's three horsewomen of wrestling. And so the, odds, the, the sides are even. So they decide, they being the four horsewomen of wrestling, decide to walk in on their interview and essentially institute a stare down. So at this point, the stare down, you've got Rousey, who is the front woman for the, the four horsemen of MMA in this particular instance. And she's basically stepping forward and saying, hey, you guys named the time and you named the place. And without saying a word, without acknowledging it, without accepting the challenge, without, without doing anything, the four horsemen of women back off. On their turf, they back off, which was ridiculous. I, I was like, if they were going to do that, then why approach them in the first place? I, I, it's not many things that bother me or that I don't like that they did in the, in the tournament or, or you know, in wrestling in general. You really got to do something that, that I find just ridiculous for me to get offset like that. But that, that just came off as so absurd. Like, why go up to them in the first place if you weren't going to at least – <laughs> stand your ground or make some noise or talk trash to them or whatever the case may be. And, you know, 
the four horsewomen of MMA essentially walked into their house, their wrestling house, the place that they made their name, the in it full sale studios, you know, where NXT is taped with all three of these women, four if you include Sasha Banks, who wasn't there. All three of these women made their name and they stood them down. They're like, okay, yeah, you, you just say when and where and we'll be ready. And not a word said, they just back off and leave. And that's that. It did not look good for the four horse women of wrestling. It did not look good for Charlotte and Becky Lynch and Bailey. It did it just didn't come off like they were uh strong in that particular instance. I <laughs> there's really nothing else that you can say about that. I, I know the WWE's just only trying to test this tease, but it it have made more sense to me to have the Rousey group back away or you know, not have the wrestling group walk up there at all. Or the camera just cut before they leave. You know, they they stand there face to face and and you cut the segment. Not not have your hometown heroes back away like they were cowards. Ah well. Anyway. You'll you'll have to go in that and look at it for yourself. That is episode seven. It is within the quarterfinals and it is after the Tony Storm match, I believe. So now that I've gotten that out, we go to the main event as I started to do, which is Kyrie Sane versus Dakota Kai, uh, which, again, you have a pretty good match that's happening here. But uh, I think the, the end was not in question, at least not in my estimation. I like Dakota Kai, but I had Sane picked to advance uh, in this match as well. And what did she do? She hit. She did the same thing that she got with, with, uh, with everybody else. She she got Dakota Kai down, and positioned her for that top rope elbow, which is you know a thing of beauty. I don't know if it is the you know a better looking elbow than uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's elbow, like I've heard some people say. I like Kyrie Sane's elbow from the top. She looks great when she's you know kind of gliding down, even though she kind of kicks her feet out and whatnot. But she she hit it, got got that win, and moves forward. Um, the last episode released was episode eight, the semifinals, which is pushed into a thirty minute time limit. Now you had a little bit more filler in this episode because, as stated before, you only got two episodes. I mean, not two episodes. You only had two matches left. When you you're down to the semifinals. And there's there's only the Martinez Baszler match, and there's only the Sane Storm match. So you had to kind of fill out what was an hour of show that they filled between four matches. Now you got an hour show that you fill in between two. The matches were a little bit longer, uh, slightly, but you know uh, you, you still had some intro and you had some pompous circumstance at the end and stuff like that that you had to <clears throat> kind of get through. So it opens up with the match that I was most interested in, and that was Shayna Baszler going against Mercedes Martinez. Um, this is the one and only time that Shayna Baszler shook anyone's hand in the course of the uh, three the three matches that she's been in. So, you know, she didn't shake hands first round or second round or third, or, or I should say, or quarterfinals. But here at the semifinals, coming against who is listed as her wrestling mentor, she did shake Mercedes Martinez's hand. So that that was the first time she showed any level of respect towards uh, an opponent. 
this match was a good match, and it is the probably the one time that you saw within this tournament that at any point in, in the game that Baszler was dominated. Mercedes took it to her at the beginning. She she laid into uh, into base after, after they did their feeling out process. She uh you know and Mercedes basically showed the world that I don't sweat you. And once she kicked it into gear, she kicked it into gear hard, and she came down on Baszler. Now Baszler gave it back as good as she got at some point, and they they had a hard hitting match. Um, the the story here was is that. Baszler was looking for a tap out with, with kind of a couple of different things. She got a, a, a leg grapevine on Mercedes and, and started working the knee. She, I think she got a heel hook at one, one point that was really stretching out the knee. So the story there became that she has damaged the leg of Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes got free of the uh, submission and later, a little bit later from that point, hits Baszler with the fisherman buster but the problem there was is that when she hit it with the, hit her with the fisherman buster she was unable to roll over and get the pin because her leg was hurting her too bad she, she couldn't make it in time so if she gave up maybe like 10 15 20 seconds worth of time clutching at her knee and her ankle and on the opposite end of the ring after she, you know, popped Baszler and it looked like she was going to take it. You can see the four horsewomen out there on the, you know, they they got worry on their face because this is the first time that somebody put Shayna in jeopardy. You know, other than that, I mean, Mia Yim came close, but really nobody put uh, Baszler in jeopardy at all. Mercedes was the first one to do it. She crawls over, tries to get that cover, but Baszler had enough time to recover and got out. Uh, then the 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 tail of the tape was basically that Mercedes knows that she's got to get this uh, this fisherman buster hooked in again just to put her down. She tries and she tries a couple of other times, but but ultimately another reversal and another rear naked choke puts Mercedes down. She tried to fight it for a little while. She hung in there probably a, a couple of seconds longer than any other opponent that was that she's been in, she being Baszler in the ring with up until this, this stage of the game. But ultimately, Mercedes did tap out, and I was so disappointed. It, it may have been the only match in the entirety of this tournament that I audibly gasped and I was disappointed in. I was really dis. I wanted Mercedes to go into the finals. I thought that she really worked hard over her career and she deserved it. But uh, she, she tapped out, and it would be Baszler – to go forth. I said before the tournament began when I was doing picks of who I thought was going to be in it, we were still kind of fishing around on the independence and saying who who might be in this tournament, who might not. Baszler was one of my picks, and I picked her because I said the WWE loves their celebrities. They love somebody that they can hitch their, their wagon to, and they can kind of, hey, this person is a, a big star, and we can market that and you know and, and kind of build around. Well, they got it. They got Shayna Baszler. You know that they they look at her as a big star. She is uh, you know, a, a well-known MMA fighter. And I, I have no doubt that that's probably gonna be one of the big selling points with her going forward because Baszler has punched her ticket. She will be in the finals and she will take on her opponent. And the uh I think they're doing that in Vegas, which will be on the 10th. 
which is the upcoming Tuesday from me releasing this particular podcast. So the last match and the deciding match, and by the way, I, I did mark that as me being wrong. That was me having three wrong overall in the uh, between episodes five to eight. Because in this match, Kyrie Sane versus Tony Storm, I picked the winner. I picked Sane. And Sane was my pick to go all the way, and she absolutely positively did not let me down. Tony Storm and Kyrie Sane had what I would consider a pretty good match. It was nice and solid. And Tony Storm did show who she was. I mean, she is a rock star persona. Uh, but ultimately, it was Sane that came off, and she delivered the goods. She hit it with a top rope elbow, put her down for the three count, and she will advance to Las Vegas on the 10th of September to find out who will win the May Young Classic. Now, the one thing that I didn't go into at the, at the end of these matches is that there was a little bit of a, uh, I guess, ceremony, if you will. I mean, for lack of a better term, it wasn't really anything overblown. But <clears throat> following both wins, uh, the win of Basla over Martinez, the win of Sane over Storm, uh, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and Sarah Amato, formerly Sarah Del Rey, came into the ring to congratulate the winners of the matches. You know, they give them the handshake, uh, give them the hug, per, you know, kind of hold hold their arm up in victory and parade them around to the the audience at large, and uh, give them a really kind of beautiful bed of roses uh, to uh, as the congratul congratulatory thing. Probably most likely because that was the end of the run at full sale. So, you know, this this essentially was a big deal. And uh, Baszler and Zane won their individual heats. You know, they, Baszler won the left, Zane won the right. You know, uh, they, they didn't have a name for it, but I'm just saying it that because if, if you go on their, their uh, site and you look at the page, that's how it's essentially broken down. Um, so I thought that was a nice touch. And more importantly than that, they did not, involved themselves in the storyline or the tournament or any of that stuff in any way, which I was so happy about. Because we all know that on Monday Night Raw, you can have a Stephanie McMahon who could be overbearing and we're the authority and this, that, and all that crap. I was just happy that Stephanie was just Stephanie McMahon, CEO, or whatever head creative writer, whatever her title happens to be. And she just shook their hand and she smiled and gave them a hug. And, and it not for nothing, they didn't even... You know, they didn't brush off the loser either because Mercedes and Tony Storm both got, you know, similar treatment. And, and they deserved, both of them deserved it. They got to the finals. They showed, you know, they, they were the, the big names coming off of the independence walking into this thing. Even, you know, Storm being the, the younger and, and uh, Martinez being the veteran. But they both were the big names coming off the independence. And they gave a really good showing right here at the semifinals. And, um, you know, Triple H kind of you know, gave them words on the side. Uh, and I thought that was really good, you know, because never, never did I think I would see a Tony Storm, much less a Mercedes Martinez, in the same vicinity as a Triple H. You know, to say nothing of the fact shaking his hand, giving him a hug, uh, talking to him on the side, you know, or Stephanie McMahon uh, and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, Mercedes and, and Sarah Amato, that's a different issue because they had um, a, a really good match in the past at, at Shimmer 1, which if you haven't seen it, you should go look it up. 
and she go find that match. It is the match that made me a fan of Mercedes to begin with. Uh, the 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 huge the the I think it was a twenty five minute draw that they had at the time, which was a really 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 good match. Uh, and and which is another reason why I say that as good as the Mae Young Classic is. This stuff isn't anything new for uh, people like me or, or if you're listening to this, probably guys and girls like you who have watched independent wrestling, who followed independent wrestling, who've seen it, you know, in various promotions uh, from various women across the country and around the world. This stuff isn't anything new. Not at all. I mean, it's new for the WWE artists. Like, oh, man, these, these girls coming up now, fantastic. And they, you know, they wrestle like nobody else you've ever seen. Which is untrue because because it happens every day. It happens, you know, every time I look at the independents, there's always some girls out there that that blow the 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 match out of the water and and rise above and beyond the call of duty to uh, you know really take things to the next level. So I mean, and I'm not saying that to to knock the Mae Young Classic. I'm just saying that it does exist outside of the Mae Young Classic. So if this did anything for you and, and, you, and if you're not familiar with independent women's wrestling and this is the only way that you've really become familiar with women's wrestling do yourself a favor go look at a shine match go look at a shimmer match which they use a lot of footage of anyway uh go look at a wsu match go look at big time wrestling go uh go find girl fight go find any of these places that that feature an abundance of the girls uh, just an all-girl locker room, and I promise you, you'll find matches as good, if not better, than what you saw here in the Mae Young Classic. Uh, so to close this episode, after the, after the roses have been given, after they, the commentators have kind of polished up the whole series and all that, they have come down to where the, the trophy is, or I should say come up because it's on the, on the stage and they, you know, they've moved the trophy beginning in the, um, uh, I want to say the, the second round. Uh, the, the, it kind of got closer as they were wrestling because all of them kind of giving it a rub or acknowledging the trophy on the way out. So now we got the trophy front and center on the stage, like right in the middle of the ramp, but not on the ramp. But, you know, that that's kind of the center point. And they have Kyrie saying come out and, she, you know, or go up to the ramp and she's posing by the trophy and, and whatnot. Baszler comes and she uh, comes up to Sane and she goes right back into Shanna Baszler mode because Sane is extending the hand. She's extending the hand for a handshake and you can see it's a huge size difference. You, you can see where this match is going already that Baszler is probably going to toss around but Kyrie has been smaller than everybody else in this tournament and she's done wonderful. Um, but you, you have them uh, on the stage together. She does not shake her hand, but what she does do, she being Shayna Baszler, she does take her fist and puts it in Kari's face. And <laughs> she's delivering a message. And, and it looks like she's going to fight so much that, you know, Triple H kind of reaches his arm towards Baszler's like, no, no, not now. Don't, don't, don't be starting this fighting stuff up right now to save it for the, save it for the finals. You know, he's trying to, Trying to make sure nothing's happening here while while the cameras are getting the, the pictures and they're getting that last image of the two ladies in front of the trophy. But as Shayna is putting her fist up towards 
Kari's face. Kari shows that she's not scared, and she takes her tiny fist and puts it right back up in the, <laughs> right back up in the Shayna's face. And her fist is so small, but she is showing so much guts. I loved it. I mean, I, it, it's really simple, but I love that visual that you're not going to bully me, and if you want to fight, we'll fight, we'll go. And while this thing is going off, she kind of shows the elbow. She shows her, like, this is all it's going to take. If I get you with this elbow, you're done. And, of course, Shane is not scared of it because we all know, and, they, and they've sold it throughout the, the entirety of this tournament, that as much as that elbow has been the, the finishing and the, uh, the coup de gras for Kari Sane, that rear naked choke has done the job for Shayna Baszler. And that is the story going forward, that these two women have not missed with their big holes or their big move. And it is down to, is, 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 you know, for lack of a better term, it's nut-cutting time. It's down to the wire. And it is uh, going to be Sane versus Baszler in the finals on the 10th of the May Young Classic. I, I can't wait. I'm really kind of, as I'm talking about it, getting excited for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, to seeing that match. So there it is. That is the full review of the May Young Classic start to finish. Or well, I should say we got the first round in the uh, previous podcast, and now you got the rest of it, all eight episodes in total. And this one is episode five through eight. I got them, uh, I got my predictions in, and uh, I would love to know if you actually had anything right you can go back and you can check mines on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and you can look and see as I uh, check over my list here of the last four episodes, I had three matches wrong. Two matches wrong in the second round, one match wrong in the semifinals. Uh, yeah, and that gave me a lot of a lot of oomph to kind of really watch this thing and I was kind of on the edge of my seat with some of them and I was, I was really pissed that I got that first match wrong because I got two of them wrong back to back. I was like, oh man, I, I might be losing it here but I picked up the pace and I got the rest of them right. So yeah, there we have it. I uh, I, I got two of them wrong in the first in the second round, one wrong in the semifinals, three wrong overall. So there we go. I, I, oh, I, I think I did pretty good in terms of my predictions from start to finish. And I, and I went with the emotional pick for me. I went with Mercedes. I probably should have picked Baser, but no, you know, forget it. I'm, I'm, going with, I'm going with who I like. And I like Mercedes, and I wanted her to take it. She, she didn't go. It would have been nice to see her up in there against Zane, but I, I, am, uh, I am looking forward to seeing Baser and Zane hit it off and take that match in uh, Vegas. So we will close this podcast Thank you all for listening to this. I really appreciate it. Be sure to go on to our YouTube channel and check out some other stuff. We got some uh, some bonus round content coming up there. Some games being played. I, I'm waiting on WWE 2K18 to release so I can start up with that. Uh, I, I got a feeling there's going to be some some fun coming up in that that thing. Um, I also got some new matches being released. Uh, several of which have just been unreleased on my uh, hard drive. I don't know why I haven't put it up there, but I guess I guess now is a good time as any. So we need to go ahead and put those things out for viewing consumption. So uh, you have that. Also, if you are a podcast aficionado and you're like me and you like listening to these things while you drive, you're not past the time, or you're on the bus, or whatever the case may happen to be, 
then what you want to do is you want to go over to one of our platforms where this is being provided, that being Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and you want to subscribe to the podcast. It is The subscription is free. It won't cost you anything, and it does show support for the show. If you are not going to go and uh, donate monetarily, then subscriptions and followings are the next best thing. Liking and sharing is also good because the more that it gets out, the better it is for our show. So there we have it, folks. Thanks again, everything, for listening in. And as I uh, just was about to say, if you are so inclined to make a donation or a monetary donation to the show, if you go to our uh, YouTube channel, you can hit the donate link anything is good and you know we're gonna have to start uh, coming up with some some uh, acknowledgements of some sort for those of you that have done it because we want to at least let people know that hey we appreciate you and your time because you could be doing that do anything with your cash decide to to uh, back this show up to keep to keep the show alive to keep the production rolling and that is a big big deal be sure to subscribe, Facebook.com, follow on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and all other levels of social media. Go visit us on our uh, website, WPNWrestling.com, and we will see you on the next podcast and the next show, and be sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel, because it keeps growing and it helps us out a lot. All right, folks, that's it. Thanks for tuning in, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.